The guests on Love Hurts occasionally use some adult language and go into some more intense subject matter, but that's kind of how real life works anyway. This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. Today's guest is Marnie Litvin. Marnie is a comedian and storyteller living in Brooklyn. Growing up, Marnie never felt like she fit in with the people around her. Then she went to a Tegan and Sarah concert and finally felt represented. They quickly became her favorite band, but she learned loving the band above everyone else could cause issues in her love life. Hey Marnie, how's it going? Good, thanks. How are you doing, Brian? I'm good. Just trying to not melt. Yes, it is awful. It is truly awful. It's one of those days that if you were here visiting from somewhere else, you would think, why does anyone move to New York? Yeah, you just can't escape it. I Yeah, I think we've set a good mood to, yeah. to just like get into some potential heartbreak. Yeah. Um, yeah, where's where's your story I, start or what's it about? I mean, it's good that like I feel like I have the summer crazies right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, okay, so this is Love Hurts. And I came today with this story of my love for a band. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah. And who's the band? Or is that I you like don't want to give it away? Yet. No, I will. It's Tegan and Sarah. Okay, I know Tegan and Sarah. Great. Do you? Yeah. Personally. Oh yeah, I, I hang out with them. Okay. No, no, no. I have to check. <laughs> <laughs> they listen to this all. They, I'm the time. sure they're listening right now. Um, no, this is so embarrassing for me to like <laughs> come out as like a like a real big fan of a band because it seems very uncool. Um, what is it that you feel embarrassed about admitting that? Obviously, there's a lot of internalized homophobia. So I'm gay, and Tegan and Sarah are both gay. Yeah. So it's like, so you're just you're just like this is too much of a stereotype move to it, like Tegan and Sarah. It's just so obvious. It's just <laughs> like it's just oh, it it's painfully obvious. Like, wouldn't it be so cool if I came here and I was like, I want to talk about my deep and abiding love for Dolly Parton. Yeah. Like, would, that would like <laughs> something off brand. Oh yeah, like I would love to play against type. Like when you, if you're on a date and you like bring this up, is it just do you get kind of like groans or? Sometimes, so, sometimes other women are like, oh, you're one of those or like, oh, I dated one of you in college. <laughs> um, so I went through a phase in high school where I loved bands with men in them. OK. Like that were slightly like left of center. Yeah. Um, I loved Guster. I loved... Um, Bare Naked Ladies, and I loved Ben Folds oh, and yeah, Ben Folds really Five. Ben Folds more than anything. Like I loved Ben Folds so much, <laughs> and Ben Folds Five broke up just as I was getting into the band um, in high school. This so this was in like two thousand, I guess. Um, and they like they were already done by the time that I I got into them, and I used to like listen to Ben Fold's five albums on the school bus going home from high school and just like fantasize about Ben Fold's coming to do a solo concert uh, in Center Reach, Long Island, where I lived uh, with my parents 
and that like he would do a concert just for me and I was so I was like he plays the piano he can drum he he's so talented his lyrics are so smart and um they're just like there were not like a lot of like female musicians in my life like I did not really know any women in bands like Riot Girl music did not make it to Central Long Island. Yeah, I feel like very similarly, like I was into a lot of those same bands and I just didn't, there was no female artists on my radar through that time, like through my high school, college years. There was very few. None. Like I knew some folk musicians, like Dar Williams was big, like in the folk music scene and Ani DeFranco I discovered in college. Um, But like, I don't know. I like developed a love for Green Day because there was like nothing else. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, yeah. There was just like not a lot. Like I just didn't know how to reach music at that point. Um, and in my senior year of high school, I went with my best friend to see Ben Folds play in the gymnasium at Skinmore College in okay. Saratoga Springs. Yeah. Like I made my mom drive me six hours to Saratoga Springs (laughs) to go see Ben Folds playing a gym with my best friend. Um, So I'm there with my best friend. We got into like a huge fight and she was like, I'm going to go sit on the bleachers like in the back of the gym and I wanted to stand next to the stage. So I'm standing next to the stage waiting for Ben Folds to come on and I'm like 17. I don't really know how concerts work. So I have no idea that there's like an opening band. Okay. Like yeah, this is yeah, how yeah. few concerts I've been to. Like I don't understand that there's <laughs> another band that comes out before the big guy. Yeah. You just thought like, oh great, Ben Folds is coming straight out yeah. and this is gonna be amazing. Yeah. And I remember like standing next to like one of the speakers and there was his piano and I was like, that's his piano and but then there were two microphones set up on a carpet and I was like, Oh, is he gonna like play guitar too? Like that's cool. I've never seen him do do that before. Um, and then the concert starts and uh, Tegan and Sarah walk out. Um, so this was in early 2003. So I'm 16, 17. And I guess they're a few years older than me. So they're probably in their early 20s. And it's just the two of them. Um, they're, they're twins. And... Um, they each have a guitar and that's it. That's the whole band. Yeah. It's it's two twin sisters with two guitars. Um and like they start playing these songs that are like super catchy. Um like I I immediately like caught the refrains to a couple of the songs in my head and then had them in my head for like the next six months. Um but like I was like, oh, I really like this music. Like it's not that often that like a band that opens for your favorite band. Um, yeah. Right? Like oftentimes you're just like, oh my God, please go away. <laughs> but this was like the opposite of that experience. I was like, wow, they're amazing. And they were really funny and they like told stories. And then what I remember most is that they kept switching guitars. Like between the songs, they would like trade to each other's guitars and then retune them. And then play another song. And that was it. There was no no drums, no bass, no, no, no nothing. Um, and it was like, it was riveting. Um, I don't think I'd ever seen women play guitars. I had definitely never seen gay people. Like, 
I had not seen like I cannot stress this enough. I did not know any gay people. Yeah. Like I like gay people might have been leprechauns. Like I <laughs> like I I was theoretically aware of them. Yeah, you knew that they existed. I did know that they I mean, I knew that they existed at like the way that I also knew Europe existed, but like I had never been there, so did it was it really real? <laughs> and I like so I had gone through high school dating boys and didn't know anyone like didn't know that there was an alternative work like like the the like growing up in central long island everything is so um so much about conforming to standards of how you look and who you like how you act and what you talk about and what your interests are and like I was not like good at conforming to any of those things. Like I was a nerd and I had a nerdy boyfriend and I didn't like sports and I didn't like girly things and I didn't like going to the mall and like ev- everything I did was bad and wrong. Um, yeah, like to the Long Island standards yes. of living. Yeah. Like I was not good at being from Long Island. Yeah. <laughs> I was really not not great at it. Um, and so I went to this Tegan and Sarah concert and like they're playing music. I'm so into it. I'm like, wow, this is so cool to see women in a band. And then like I'm looking around and I realize that I'm like standing in like a circle of like 50 lesbians. Yeah. And like I haven't yet figured out that they're lesbians, but I'm just like, who are all these women with this with these short haircuts? Like, who are all these people with black hair dye and hoodies and and Converse sneakers? And I had just never seen anyone that looked like that before. And then I like looked around and realized I was like surrounded by a small ocean of them. And then Tegan and Sarah finished their set, and then all the women left <laughs> like they were just there for Tegan they and were Sarah. just there for Tegan and Sarah yeah and I was like where are they going and I was like oh they don't care about Ben Folds yeah. <laughs> they don't care about him at all like the the newest song that Ben Folds was working on at the time was called rock this bitch like it could not have been <laughs> more different and like they all left and I enjoyed my Ben Folds concert and then I sort of let it go and like it was a great night, whatever. But then I got to college in the fall and I wound up at Oberlin, which is the opposite of Long Island. Yeah. Yeah, like very like L- literally. Like liberal artsy and Yeah. It's six hundred kids who did not fit in. Yeah. And now they're all in one place and kinda yeah. like celebrated for not having yeah. to fit in. Like on the first day of college, my parents dropped me off and my mom looked around at all the kids and she was like, all the women here are wearing overalls. You are going to fit in. <laughs> like even your mom was like, I know that my daughter hasn't really fit in so far yeah. and now she's going to be fine. She was like, this is this is, this is, is going to be a good choice for you. <laughs> um, and I moved into my college dorm and I moved into the women's collective dorm. Um, and then I... Uh, we had Napster or we had some sort of like file yeah. sharing network that was like intra college. Yeah, yeah. There was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I compl- like just stumbled randomly upon someone who had an entire Tegan and Sarah archive of not just like the two albums they had released to that point, but also 
hundreds of bootlegs yeah like of, random demos oh and god stuff. and like no like just like tracks of them talking to each other like telling <laughs> stories like that i listened to so many hundreds of times i swear i could i could deliver the stories as like as bits <laughs> like they had this one bit about like playing at a pool party and only one person watching them and how it was at least one person who was paying attention and then they realized it was a lifeguard like there was like a 10 minute bit about this like that i just like would just like listen to and laugh at like it was also comedy yeah um And so that was in like 2002, 2003. And then over the years, they've put out many new albums, uh, which I have listened to to excess. Um, they have an album called So Jealous, which came out in 2005, I think. And it is like greatest hits in lesbian crazy. <laughs> um, like... I can't really describe what it's like to not see yourself in anything in pop culture or in real life and like not see people who look like you or act like you or think like you like to never see gay people anywhere um, and then like have a whole album that's like all of these things that I'm like thinking about. Yeah like for you I guess like that first time you saw them live and seeing like oh these two women are gay and they're the people around are gay and like just see yeah they're having that first experience of seeing that there's these people out there and then having this kind of second experience in college of i guess like sort of becoming a fan of theirs and seeing that representation yeah like that imprinted on me so hard yeah and i guess like you said when you initially had seen them you were dating a guy and then like so at what point were were you kind of like, oh, this is kind of who I am, or at least an element of who I am? Like, did did they help you kind of find that part of you? I think, so th it was in late high school that I went to this concert that they were at, and I had a great experience that night, and then it sort of packed it away in my brain. Yeah. And I went back to my town on Long Island where all the girls had ponytails, and gave lots of blowjobs and <laughs> I went back to my very serious boyfriend who wanted to marry me and I waited for college that fall yeah I broke up with my boyfriend right before high school graduation um I, like on the second day of college I was like definitely gay I saw a poster for the LGBT student union meeting and I was like I want to go to that and then I was like why do I want to go to that yeah so it was just truly just being like Oh, here's more representation out in the world and seeing other people yeah. that exist other than this very small subset of Long Island yeah. cookie cutter. Yeah. And then I think I found their music archive on the internet sometime shortly after that. Yeah. And then it was like the soundtrack to my first semester of college coming out. Like I was like, I'm like my first crush who I like stayed up all hours of the night to wait until she came on to AOL Instant Messenger to talk to. Like, <laughs> it was, yeah. Like, just spinning the same, like, two or three albums over and over and over. And, like, sometimes I'll put that album on now just if I want to, like, feel that. Like Yeah, go back to that. Yeah. Like, um, 
yeah, the songs now are like so tied up with like yeah, a period of your life yeah. and feelings that existed at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um and so then they release these albums that are there, you know, there's one in 2005, there's another one in 2007 and another one I think in 2009 and they're all they're all amazing. They're all wonderful albums. Um in 2009 I was traveling in New Zealand for a year. Um and I went without an without a computer, without a phone, without an i an iPod at the time. Uh, was the big thing and I was like really sad and lonely and my my I think my dad bought me a little iPod in New York and put my whole CD collection on it and then bought the new Tegan and Zara album which at the time was called Sainthood and he expedited it to me to New Zealand for Christmas and that what that's the coolest gift anyone's ever given me and then I spent like the rest of the time that I was in New Zealand, you know, finding myself, quote unquote, um, listening to that album. And like, so it's like, I remember the first time I put it on and I was like driving like in this mountain pass and like very carsick. I was carsick all the time in New Zealand because all the roads go through mountains. <laughs> and I just like, um, like I associate this album now with just like, driving and driving and driving and like looking for something and not finding it and like yeah yeah like it just exists at a point in time i do that a lot like i had i i'm a big death cab for cutie fan and one of their albums came out when i was abroad in london and it's like anytime i listen to that album i'm like immediately put back into just like wandering the streets of london Mm -hmm. and kind of like in that emotional space of where i was at the time Mm mm-hmm isn't it great? It's cool. It's so cool how music is like a time traveling device. Yeah. Chris Walla produced one of their records. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I just like, I don't know that that happens to me with music anymore. I don't know that I listen to anything that obsessively. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I do either. Uh, sometimes I do. I've had a few in the last, I think, uh, do you know Waxahachie? Yes. I've I got seen very into Waxahachie uh, like maybe like a year and a half ago. And I was listening, when they came out with that album, Out in the Storm, or she came out with that album, Out in the Storm, I was listening to that nonstop and saw her like twice over that period of time. And then I think recently my my like going all in on has been like Boy Genius with just like, you know, Julian Baker and Lucy Dacus and uh, Phoebe Bridgers, their like super group thing and all of their individual, like I just, I literally have a playlist that's all of their individual music and all the music they made together. And I listen to that almost all the time. Wow. So. I also, I love Julian Baker. Yeah. Um, She's some good. And Lizzie Dacus a lot. I don't know Phoebe Bridgers. You should get into her. Okay. I think you would, if you like the other two. One of the nice things about loving a band is that it gives you a chance to practice loving something without expecting anything in return and loving it just because it makes you feel good to love it. Like, it's fun and it gives me joy and their music has given me so much and that is a really great feeling and like whether or not they release albums that I love I get to choose how I feel about them and that's like really empowering like it's it's very good to like practice like these are my feelings and this is how I feel and I I really like that. I mean, they're not, they're real people, but they're not real in my life. Yeah, you're like, not interacting with them, but you're kind of interacting with them through their music. Yeah, I, I, when I say that I love them, I love their music catalog. Um, 
And and like, it seems like you also love kind of who they are or who they put out in the world as people. Yes. I mean, they're very politically active and funny and storytellers and like and have done a lot for women in the music business um, and for LGBT rights. And um, they're great role models. Yeah. So there's all of that. Um, and it's really nice that like it's it's one of the only things that's like been in my life for the past 16 years. Yeah, in terms of a long-term relationship, like, that's the longest... Yeah. Like, not like it's a romantic relationship, but yeah, it's a very long relationship you've had in yeah. your life. Yeah, like, there's just not a lot of things that I have, like, loved and kept track of and, like, had on my radar for that long. And, like, you know, they don't know me, they don't know who I am, but, like, I definitely was, like, I was buying Tegan and Sarah concert tickets in Northeast Ohio in 2004, and I was buying Tegan and Sarah tickets last week in Williamsburg in my apartment and like they're still there they're still like there's not a lot of people or things like everything else in my life has changed except this constant that I like this band and like it's nice to feel that stability and like kind of like you know when you have old friends that like you're not even sure why you're still friends anymore sometimes (laughs) (laughs) and then other times they just like make you feel the way like nothing else can because it's like a there's you know there's a history there it's like a grilled cheese sandwich yeah totally yeah it's like just really heartwarming yeah so you're saying it's like it gave you good practice to kind of feel this for something for something like people are hard people are really hard man relationships are hard yeah so i had a long-term partner for about four years okay we were living in berlin germany um and my partner, my ex-partner, also loved Tegan and Sarah. So we didn't have to, I didn't have to feel two ways about it. Like, Yeah, you didn't have that weird, like, awkward, I like Tegan and Sarah, and get the weird, like, oh, really, you're that person? Yeah, it's like, yeah, no, no, we were. Yeah, that shared. Yeah, we shared that. Like, we had different favorite albums, but that was. <laughs> that was the biggest that was okay. the divide between the two of you. It was. It was a real, it's a real <laughs> sticking point. But we 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 were we worked through that, and um, so we went to see them a couple of times, which was nice. They came to Berlin, yeah. But then there was one point where they were where Tegan and Sarah were touring, and they were only going to London, and I was like, "I'm going to London. I hope you're going. Like, we're going to London. We're gonna we're gonna see this show." And my partner was like, "You want to fly?" to England to go see a concert like neither one of us made any money like it did not <laughs> we, like yeah I think my first salary in Berlin was 27,000 euros a year like I did not have money to get on a plane and go to London and stay in London for two nights and fly there for like a two-hour concert so I made my ex to do that um so you won. You were like, oh, we're going. I, I won. I was like, I, I bought the tickets. Yeah. I already I'd already bought the tickets. There was another show in Berlin where they came and they did a meet and greet. So we bought tickets to go to the show. Yeah. But then there were like extra tickets. Yeah. Like an add on. An add on. Extra probably a few hundred euros or whatever it was. I don't want to say yeah that's it you don't have to say Uh, i'm allowed to continue to be embarrassed about that that's That's not internalized homophobia it's like enough of a this is a i've i've seen those packages that they offer on things before so yeah so you paid for that yeah i mean we're all gonna die i might as well i was just like i 
Yeah. You know, want to cross it off. Want to shake. Regardless of the money, was it a worth was it a worthwhile thing that you're glad that you did? Okay, so my partner did not want to purchase (laughs) the extra package. Yes. And we had we had some feelings about it. And in the end I decided I'm going to buy the extra package and you do whatever you want to do. Um which seems fair. You're what, not like what? bullying this person into like we're both doing this together and you have to pay for it. I mean, it sounds fair now, but we don't know that I'm a reliable narrator. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay. Um, And like I'm not the hero of this story because I got to go to the venue like a few hours early and watch them sound check and stand in a line and say hello and talk about my outfit choice with them and <laughs> take some awful photos that I have saved backed up on a hard drive that I'll never show anyone because I'm making I'm making a face like I will die with happiness like I look like I'm melting with joy um and it's uncomfortable uh it's so undignified and um and then the meet and greet ended the 20 people who were there we all stood next to the stage so in the front row yeah and then eventually they started letting in people and my ex had not gotten in line six hours early like i had told her to uh, to get yeah, a to good, be right at yeah. the front where mm-hmm. to meet you there. She'd shown up a half an hour before entrance like a normal person. <laughs> and so she then texted me and said, oh, I'm a, you know, I'm probably about like 20 or 30 rows back standing. Um, I'm here. And I, I just, I was like, I'm not moving. I'm in the front <laughs> row at a Tegan and Sarah concert. I've never stood in the front row. I'm five feet tall. I'm 154 centimeters tall and I don't wear heels. Like if I don't stand in the front row of a concert. Yeah, you're not. It's not, it. like I might as well watch it on TV. Um, but my ex is 5'8". <laughs> and so she was like, I can't stand in the front. Like I can't even get to the front because I'm so big. And even if I was in the front, I would ruin someone's Yeah, night. like she'd feel bad for being that jerk who's mm-hmm. the taller person standing in the yeah. front row. Yeah. So like we're texting and I'm meeting all the people who went to the meet and greet <laughs> yeah, yeah. who you're all have all, the same priorities as I like do. Fangirling and, together. Oh God, it's a nightmare. And <laughs> and I refused to give up my place in the front row to go stand with my girlfriend. Yeah, so now she has to just like watch the concert She's by herself. She's just there at the concert by herself. And like they're playing like love songs and all the partners are swaying back and forth and waving their smartphones in the air or their lighters. And I'm just like two hands in the air, like <laughs> feeling it so hard. And then at one point I turned around and like I can see my girlfriend and she's just staring at me with like death eyes and her arms are crossed. And it, I'm just like, I'm going to be in so much trouble. <laughs> and then I was like, I found her when the concert ended. And she was like, you left me. And I was like, but it's Deacon and Sarah. <laughs> and we are no longer together. Um, that was the moment. No, I'm no, sure that no, was not got, the moment. It actually got, it got worse. Um... So, like, probably a year later, Tegan and Zara did a tour. <laughs> it was a really special tour that they only did in the U.S. 
It was the 10-year anniversary of one of their albums. That was probably one of, like, the early albums that you got it, very into it's or a, whatever. It's a mid-career album. Okay. They've been releasing albums for, like, 20 years yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they only did it in the U.S. They, like, they did, like, these sit-down acoustic versions. Ooh, okay. Like, oh, my God. Like, it it's, like, every, every, it's, like, complete fan service. Everyone, every, every lesbian woman's dream <laughs> yeah. was just, like, <laughs> to sit in an intimate theater and, like, have them, like, slow jam their hits from the mid-2000s. And I was, like, I'm going. It's in America. I don't, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care how I get there. And I was working for a company at the time where I thought, okay, maybe I could get them to send me on a business trip. <laughs> and if I could find a way to make it work for the business trip and I could overlap with a concert, then I could afford to fly to, then I could afford it because yeah, my company would fly, fly me yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, we did have a conference coming up. <laughs> it was in San Francisco, but there was no San Francisco tour date. There was a Las Vegas tour date two weeks ahead of when I would have needed to be there. <laughs> so I wrote my boss this whole long proposal about why I needed to be in California for two weeks at our San Francisco office and what I would do there and then why I needed to go an extra weekend ahead of time but also fly into Las Vegas. <laughs> and... They agreed to send me. Man, that's pretty good. So I I bought the ticket. I was just like, I'm just going to buy the yeah, tickets you, yeah. and then hope it works out. And then it did. And the way it worked was that I went like I went to I I got my company to sponsor a three week trip to the U.S. <laughs> and I was like. I said to my girlfriend, I was like, well, do you do you want to come? And she was like, I can't afford to go. You know I can't afford to go. And like it like it was it was the end of our relationship. Not specifically the trip, but then I was like on a trip for like I orchestrated a three week trip to be alone. Yeah. To be in California and then seeing my favorite band. And I yeah, it was kind of like it's kind of like I didn't really know what I was doing until I had done it. And then I was in California and I was alone at the Tegan and Sarah concert. I went with my sister and I was just like, oh, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I am sabotaging this relationship. Yeah. Like there's probably other stuff going on that. So, so many other things. Yeah. That I was but, like, but all of it just kind of got wrapped up in this weird like your love for this band yeah like to the point where i was like i have i mean i love i love this band so much i have to take a three-week trip to go and see them obviously you respect my love for them so you would support me in this field trip that i'm taking alone yeah. without you to <laughs> yeah. uh, to one of the most beautiful places in, in the in the world um for nearly a month yeah <laughs> <laughs> i oh my god i I came home and within two weeks, like, moved out. Yeah, it was like that kind of like... The fact that you committed to the trip was sort of like, this is the end of things. Yeah, but I had no idea. Yeah. I was like, I was on the beach. 
in in Los Angeles and then I was on the beach in San Francisco and I was like this is so nice I'd love to live in America again I had been in Germany for almost 10 years and yeah um and that was when I started thinking like oh I want to move back and then I was at the Tegan and Sarah concert and I was like oh think about your wonderful history with this band that has never has never gotten mad at you for standing in the front row at one of their concerts (laughs) I'd like you know, we didn't break up because of Tegan and Sarah, but I feel like they were they were there for the end of it. <laughs> yeah, and they were there for the start of it. They were a good... Yeah. Do you feel... So was that like the longest relationship you've been in? Yeah, we were together for four years. Yeah. And that's, that's the longest relationship I have been in. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think anytime you have a relationship that long where things are not going well at times it's like yeah the obviously it's not the band but it's like yeah you're you're it's like those actions are are such a i don't know weird absolutely there's bigger things going on whether it's communication or whatever or this or that and it was but just it's like, coming out like but the only way i can express it is by buying tickets to go see this band without you <laughs> yeah like th- like the only way that i can create space or like articulate my <laughs> needs and wants is via my obsession with Tegan and Sarah tickets. And has it like, I assume it hasn't like ruined your relationship with the band. Like, do you still, do you feel weird? Like listening to them now? No. Yeah. I love them. Um, yeah. I guess it's bigger. It would be, I guess it'd be a different thing if you like were introduced to them by your ex or something like that. And then it would be like, yeah, it's like, because it existed well before I think that person was a part of your life. When I was in high school, I really didn't like know who I was or what I liked. Like I owned a whole bunch of music albums, but I didn't really feel that m- any way about anything. Like I like I couldn't tell you what I liked. Like, yeah, it was just something you listened to. Yeah, Tegan and Sarah was one of the first things that I was like, I like this. This is part of my personality. Like it like as an adult. It was one of the very first things that I was like, this is what, this is me. Um, and that felt, that felt really good. Um, they're tour, they're going to tour again in the fall. And actually their tickets just went on sale this past week. And I decided not to go. Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm single. <laughs> um, and I love the band, but the tickets were really expensive and I would have had to have gone in another city because I'm busy on the night there in New York. Yeah. And I looked at how much it was going to cost. And I just thought, uh, I don't need to do that right now. But the the irony of that was not lost on me. I mean, I feel like that's like personal growth, you know? Yeah. It's like- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'll listen to the album. I know that someone is going to put concerts on YouTube. Yeah. They'll I'm be read back the again. Yeah. yeah. They'll tour again. They've been torn for 20 years. I don't think they're going to stop. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, I truly think that's like you growing as a person. I think so too. Um, Maybe gonna... you're ready for love now. That's. I, I, I mean, this is all, like also coinciding with the fact that I'm currently like dating a bunch of people for the first yeah, time yeah, yeah, ever. Yeah. Like I was always like a serial monogamist and then would like explode one day and like be like, I hate this. <laughs> Um, and you're like new to new, you've been here a few yeah, months I've, now. Yeah, I've I've been here since March. Yeah. Um. And yeah, <laughs> so there's part of you that's like, oh, I'm in this new city, and there's 
a lot of yeah, I don't people wanna... that are available to date, let me try to date them. Yeah, I don't want to be tied down in a relationship. Yeah. I have a full-time job. I do stand-up comedy. Yeah. Um, it's fun to go out with different people and do different things and imagine all kind of futures and then go home to my own apartment alone. <laughs> yeah. And Yeah, not commit to any of those futures. Yeah, and, and, just... and just play in them and then disappear. And I I really love that. And on September, I think it's September 24th that there, Tegan and Sarah are coming to New York. And I'm going to a Britney Howard concert, Britney Howard of Alabama Shakes, okay. who is launching her solo album and who never tours. And I I feel so grown up. I love being in my 30s. <laughs> <laughs> well thanks so much for sharing all that yeah thanks for having me this was great yeah if people want to find out more about what you do do you have like a website or i don't know social media that people can follow you on or anything if you'd like to know more about me or my stand-up comedy or you'd like to come see me perform you can find me on instagram at marnsplainer it's mansplainer with an R, like Marnie, like I'm mansplaining it to you right now. That's you are doing some good mansplaining. Yeah, it's accurate. It's a it's, it's a fitting name. Very yeah, it's very on the nose. Great. Well, thanks again for sharing. Thanks for having me. This is how we love. This is how we fight for something that's Love Hurts is produced, hosted, and edited by Brian Berlin. Theme music by Mickey Hommel. Show art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Twitter and Instagram at lovehurtspod, and our website is lovehurtspod.com. I'm Brian Berlin. And this is Love Hurts.